The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when his blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in his precious blood, my sin to atone, and I started singing. I'll sit on the porch with my wife. We sit on the porch in the cool of the morning. Can't do it in the cool of the evening anymore because there's no cool of the evening. The cool of the evening is over. It's the 95% of the evening with about 80 degrees. But no, in the cool of the morning, we'll get out there in the 70s. And a lot of times, God will just, we'll be talking about some things. And this message, uh, I said, you know, I was talking about Hezekiah and just about how this whole thing happened to him and how he got sick and how Isaiah came in and said, you're going to die. And I thought, man, what would it be like for a prophet to tell you? God told me, by the way, you're going to die. Uh, and most of us would say, okay, we get out, we get on Facebook. I'm going to die. Isaiah said so. In fact, God told Isaiah, and it's over for me. Zippo, done. <clears throat> but we don't see Hezekiah react that way. And hopefully, I, and so I went back in my 1,600-plus uh, messages I've kept in record, and I thought, I wonder if I've ever preached it. I did actually work in this area in uh, 08, which is seven years ago. And so this will still be, this is the same area I worked in once before, but I'm, I'm hopefully, by the grace of God, have, will add something to helpfully. And also, I'm seven years older in the Lord, and that also sometimes helps you as you go down and replow some of the some of the ground. But boy, this is something that needs to be talked about. The title I've left the same, Lump of Figs or God. Uh, there's a lot of talk uh, when people get sick or get cancer. As soon as you get cancer, every whack, uh, wacko, quacko, everybody that with any kind of a cure will come out of the woodwork. I mean, anywhere from dog biscuits will cure you to... You know, if you drink uh, uh, water with alkaline that has alkaline in it, that'll cure you. Or if you do, if you take acid, uh, I'm talking about acid, LSD, that'll cure you. Um, a lysergic acid, the thylamide. Or, I mean, it's just about if you smoke marijuana. It's even gotten to the place if you smoke marijuana, it's going to help you. That's crazy. That is just, but, I mean, just crazy stuff. And, and there is a lot to look at. And I'm not saying, you know, <clears throat> some of it doesn't have some truth in it. But I believe we need to definitely look at the, what the Bible teaches about what happened here to Hezekiah, and we can maybe make better and wiser decisions on some of what goes on. Some people just don't believe in medicine. They don't believe in medicine at all. They don't believe in the chemistry, okay, the pharmacia. They just don't believe in that whole section. And others believe in it so much that they don't believe in any, anything else but pharmacia. That's just all they believe in. And, 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 you know, they've taken 500 pills a day, and, and they got prescription on their counter. It looks like this. And 
I've had a number of people in our church here. One of them, Don Wooder, many of you may remember old Don. He, he was one of them guys that if the doctor said to do it, he did it. And the doctor he was going to kept giving him. And when, he would, when we would eat breakfast together, the pills that he took in the morning would feel the bottom of your hand. They would feel the bottom of your hand. I mean, he had to be taking 30-some pills. And he'd just throw them all in his mouth, swallow them. I said, Don, man, that just can't be good. You know, Dr. Bill was cranking back up. That, that just can't be good for you. And he got sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker and just worse and worse and worse and worse. And finally, he went up to Indiana to his old home doctor up there in Indiana. And the first thing the guy said when he saw all he was taking, he said, Don, we're going to get you off of all of that medicine. You're dying. It's killing you. And that doctor up there, he said, but we can't get you off quickly. We've got to go slowly. So they, they, he came back down here, and he was so depressed, he cried. A grown man, 87-year-old man, dignified, cried in front of me like a baby. He said, I just, I'm so depressed. I, can't, I want to paint my house, and I'm too, I'm too shot to paint it. So the, church, the people here at the gospel, the men at gospel, we had a work day. Maybe some of you were in it. And we all went over there and painted the old boy's house and, and got it all spiffed up and encouraged him. And in six months, he was the old Don Woodard back. When he got cleaned out of all that stuff, he seemed like he came back. Now, he took a few things, a few things, blood pressure and a couple other major things, but all that other stuff, he quit. So you just got to be, you know, it's, there, there's no certain things in these areas. Sometimes there's a lot of gray in these areas, a lot of stuff that's stuff. Let's just go over this if we could. Second Kings, take your Bible. Second Kings chapter 20, verses 5 through 7. I'm going to be going quite a few other places. Hezekiah was the first king of the southern tribes to reign after the ten northern tribes had been taken away by Syria, Sennacherib. Sennacherib and Syria came down and decimated the ten northern tribes, took them away captive, displaced them, dispersed them, took everything. Then he came down to Jerusalem to take Jerusalem, Lachish, and some other of those major cities in the south. Hezekiah had sought God. He had a horrible dad, had an absolutely horrible dad. I do not believe in circumstantial psychology, not, not this much. Ahaz was one of the most wicked men that ever rose up in, in Israel, yet... Hezekiah chose to do the will of God. He just chose to. That's what, there's hope for an old drunkard's son or a drug addict's son that we pick up on the bus route that hasn't seen a morality. He don't even know the word, has never seen moral, has never seen right. And we bring him and tell him about Jesus. There's a place that they can say, I want to serve Jesus and step away from all of that. And the power of God come upon them and they can be a Hezekiah. Circumstantial psychology says that's not so. You're a product of your environment. God loves to roll that over, as he did with Hezekiah. Hezekiah said, I want to serve God. He started rebuilding the temple and throwing out all the idols and started going and getting the sodomites out of there. And he started cleaning the land out of evil. And the people got behind him. And, and old Sennacherib came and surrounded the city Rabshakeh got in there, and he started bragging. Many of you have read that passage where he said, well, none of the other gods in any of the other cities we've destroyed has been able to take care of us. So maybe you're not able to take care. And why would, why, in fact, God, your God told me to come do this. I mean, boy, that, that old boy knew how to argue. After I read that, I'd be discouraged. Except they trusted in the living God who made heaven and earth. 
And they prayed, went to Isaiah. They humbled themselves, sackcloth, ashes, fasting, prayed, went to Isaiah. Isaiah said, don't worry. He's not going to set his foot here. He's not going to shoot an arrow against the city. And God, the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, came through and killed 185,000 of those folks. And when they got up, there was all dead bodies. Now, I know that statement creates a picture in your mind. Who got up? 185,000 of them died. Well, it didn't say every last soul died. It just said 185,000 of them died. There evidently were some left as witnesses. They were up and go, everybody's dead but us. It spooked them. Wouldn't it? God spooked them, and it spooked Sennacherib. And he said, uh, I don't think we're going to continue this. There was the Ethiopians, there was a rumor that the Ethiopians were attacking Assyria. So he laid off a lakeish. He stopped all that. He pulled out. And by the way, he went back to his own land and died by the hand of his own sons. They killed him. He never did come down, do it? God saved him. It was just after this great victory of Hezekiah going to God and trusting in him, he gets sick. He gets sick. After a great victory will often come a great trial. After a great victory will often come a great trial. So we start reading in chapter 20, verse 5. Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord. Because Isaiah comes in and he says, get your house in order. Because you are not going to come up from this, you're going to die. And Hezekiah turns his face towards the wall and prays. And here's what God does. Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And on the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days 15 years and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Syria and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake and Isaiah said take a lump of figs and they took it and laid it on the boil and he recovered so Hezekiah gets sick unto death um he um prays in sincerity Short little, by the way, most of, the, most of the great prayers are short. God's not looking for you to wear him out. He wants your heart. When you come to him, don't sit there and go, if you did that to your wife, she'd leave you. You know, honey, I love you. I think you're fine. I think you have great assets. I think you cook well. I think you look good in your hair. But you don't have any passion in it. You got that mean what you say when you come to God and say what you mean. Hezekiah has a sickness and it's it's unto death. Now Hezekiah, this is bad news. Because Hezekiah just now became independent of Assyria. They were they were subjugated to Assyria because of Ahaz, his wicked dad. And now Hezekiah starts serving God. And what's God do? God not only kills 185,000, but he frees them from their dependence, and now they are an independent nation again. And just as this happens through Hezekiah, Hezekiah gets sick, but not just sick, 
sick unto death. There is a sickness unto death. And he had a sickness unto death. He gets sick, real sick, deathly sick. In chapter 20 there, verse 1, we go back a few verses. In those days, Hezekiah was sick unto death. The prophet Isaiah, thou shalt die and not live. Isaiah, the prophet, tells you that you're going to die, brother. You can mark it in your book and take it to the bank. You are going to die. But Hezekiah did something that you and I need to learn, and that is he did not accept that. What? What? Isaiah, sent by God, tells him you're going to die. This is it. Get your house in order. But, but Hezekiah leans towards, rolls over towards it and says, Remember me, remember the good things I've done for you, that I've had a heart for you. And he cries out and wept sore. It touched God's heart. Even when it's certain death, it touched God's heart. God says, Isaiah, go back to the captain of my people and tell him, I'll give you 15 more years. Three days from now, you're going to be in the temple worshiping me, and you're going to be healed. I'm going to heal you. Interesting, isn't it? You know, David had the same idea about God. Nathan comes to God and says, Thou art the man. I don't have time to go into the details, but you know he had committed immorality, had killed murder, and he hid it, and he tried to shove it under the rug and didn't bring it out publicly. And brother, that ain't the way to go. Because if you don't take it and confess it publicly, God will confess it publicly for you. And when God confesses it publicly, it'll really be public. Nathan, in the middle of the whole group of, of, of David's uh, uh, cabinet, he says, Thou art the man. And convicts David, of course, of his sin. He said, But David, God's forgiven your sin, David. You'll not die. But the baby that she's having will die. Now, you would think David would say, okay, but he didn't, did he? And the Bible says in 2 Samuel 12, uh, 15, Nathan departed from the house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare uh, unto David. Notice this, Uriah's wife. Referred to, by the way, in Matthew the same way. Uriah's wife bare unto David, and he was, it was very sick. And David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in, lay all night upon the earth, they tried to get him to eat. He wouldn't do it. It goes on for about seven days. Eventually, he finds out the child dies in verse 21 there. And the servant said, And what thing is this that thou hast done? Thou did fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But while the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And while the He says this. He says, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, This is the statement. And this is found in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22. Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live. He knew God well. David walked with God. He knew him, and he knew the great is the mercy of God. In fact, the mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting. The Bible says the Lord pitieth us as a father pities his children. And brother, sometimes you get in a place where you think it's over, nothing again. God's already, God himself even said it's over. Hezekiah said, oh, God, have mercy on me. Cry out for mercy. Out for mercy. Now, in David's case, it was not successful. The kid died anyway. Uh, the reason for this is there's a difference between what happened to David and what happened to Hezekiah. Hezekiah was not being judged 
per se with his sickness because of some sin. David was, and his child indeed did die. But at least he said, well, maybe God will have mercy on me. Hezekiah changed God's timetable through an intercessory prayer. And man, we should notice. In fact, let's read it. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 2. I'm kind of going backwards. I started with verse 5. I'm reiterating going backwards. Bear with me. Then he turned his face to the wall and, prayed, and, and said unto the Lord, and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth. And with the, perfect, the word perfect means complete or loyal heart. And have done that which is good in thy sight, and Hezekiah wept sore. And of course, then I said before, Isaiah gets new instructions. And God says in verse 5, I've seen, I've heard your prayer, I've seen your tears, and I will heal thee. Now, I want you to mark that. I will heal thee. That's verse 5 of 2 Kings 20. I will heal thee. Interesting, he says, I'll heal thee, give you 15 more years, and I'll deliver the city. And then he says, I'm going to do it for mine own sake, and I'm going to do it for David's sake. Now, do you realize David had been gone some 272 years already? That's older than America. And yet God is still referring to David. All I can say is whatever David did with God, God loved it. And he said, I'm going to remember him. 272 years later, David was still affecting how God acted in mercy. Oh, would that God that you and I would be walk with God in such a way that our presence and our lives to God would affect the generations to come. Fathers, the best thing you can do for your family, the best thing you can do for your relatives, the best thing you can do for the local church is live for Jesus with a pure heart where no one, we're in secret when no one can see, do the right thing by the grace of God. He'll remember you, and your remembrance will come up before him, and he'll shed mercy. He says to them that love me, I'll be gracious to the thousandth generation. That's right. That's right. It's the best thing you can do for your kids. Best thing you can do for your grandkids, great-grandkids, thousandth generation. Oh, he said to them that hate me. Ooh, the third and fourth generation, I'm going to curse them. Real tears shed from an honest heart got the got our, our powerful persuaders in the mind of God in the heart of God, and God delivered not only this man and gave him fifteen years, but He gave. See what was the problem is Hezekiah had he died then, he had no heir. He had no heir to the throne, and I'm sure in his mind he was thinking, "We just got delivered. We're just a brand new nation." I'm the leader. People are looking up to me. God has used me to do this, and now I'm going to die. They'll have no real leader. You know, because anytime there's a lack of leadership, there's a there is a there's a dangerous time for a nation, for a church, for a school, for anything. When you when leadership steps down or dies or whatever, it becomes a dangerous time for a group. Whether it be the United States. It's been, said, it's been said this way. Bad leadership is better than no leadership. I say amen, amen. In my experience of life, bad leadership is better than no It's better to have. This is going to go over the Internet. <clears throat> May the FBI remember me for this. Uh, it's better to have Obama as the president than nobody or his vice president. 
But it's better to have him than nobody. It's better to have him than chaos, brother. Remember when old uh, Reagan got shot? And then they said, well, who's in, who's in? First thing they wanted to know, who's in control? Who's got the black box? Who's got the nuclear arsenal? And they said, well, one of the guys said, well, I got it. No, the guy said, no, I don't think that's your responsibility. I think it's my responsibility. Remember how they had that debate of who's responsible? I was like, oh, man, somebody better get it real soon. Because I want a president. Remember when Kennedy was assassinated? I mentioned that this morning, November in 63. And he was assassinated immediately. On the way, on, on, uh, I think it was on the plane, on the way they swore old Lyndon B. Johnson into office. Why? Have to have leadership. And Hezekiah here, they'd just become a new nation. They weren't going to have leadership. And it, it, oh, and it must have hurt his feelings and that the thing had been blessed so much. But behind the scenes of the healing, let's look at that and really what the some of the main theme of this, 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 7. Look down to verse 7. He said, take a lump of figs, and he took it and laid it on the boil and recovered. Let me ask you a question tonight. What healed Hezekiah? I believe this lets us look behind the scenes of medicine. I think this is an insight behind the scenes. In 2011, I had my gout. For, I had gout for so many years. It was just crisising out. When you suffer, you suffer alone. There's no way even my wife knew what I was going through. I mean, she saw me on the crutches, and she saw me crawling on, down on the floor. And, but, and I told her I was in agony, and I'd be up all night in pain. And, but that's all you can do. You can just tell somebody, then they go to sleep. <clears throat> I mean, I'll be honest with you, you can't share pain. Praise the Lord. Or I would have. Oh, I would have shared it. But you can't. You suffer alone. People have migraines. Know what I'm talking about? You suffer alone. But you're like this, and people say, "I think that's all in their head." I was going to a rheumat. I went to. I went to. I went to special. I was going to a rheumatologist, sports medicine, rheumatologist. This guy was a smart guy. He knew about all that stuff. I had tried medicine. I'm a very very sensitive, chemically sensitive person. I can take something and I'm allergic, get allergic to things and just, just very, and so I, tr I took the main leading medicine and I had allergic reaction I couldn't take. I took the other one. Finally, he said, there's one more medicine. It's just come out recently. If this doesn't work on you, there's no medicine for you. And I said, doc, don't even say that. I got to have help. And of course, in the meantime, I'm going to God. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm asking. I got anointed. And <clears throat> nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm getting worse, worse, worse. I get to the place where I don't want to live, to be honest with you. And I it came to me in the night. I tried this medicine called Euloric, and I had tried it at 40 milligrams, which is the only tested strength. That's the lowest tested strength. And a doctor is not allowed to prescribe something, really, that's not tested and proven because they're liable. And so I go to the guy, and he says, 40 milligrams, that's the least dose. You've got to take that. I took it. I had seven-day migraine, seven-day migraine. I stopped taking it. Migraine went away. I said, Doc, I think I'm allergic to this thing. Try it again, same thing. I'm allergic to it. My, I was so bummed out. I said, God, have mercy on my soul. Please help me with something. Do anything. I'll take a lump of figs. <clears throat> and in the night, one night, in the early morning hours, boy, those are long, long nights. 
It was like, a, it's like somebody whispered to me, take 10 milligrams. And I thought, 10 milligrams, 10 milligrams. Why not? So I, I cut it to 20 and I split it to 10 and I started taking 10. I didn't tell anybody. I started taking 10 milligrams, 10 milligrams every day. I just took 10. This was in February of 2011. And by about three weeks later, I had an appointment with old Dr. Crabb. And, I mean, young Dr. Crabb. And I, I went over to uh, his office and we had a test. We got a test run. And <clears throat> my acid was down, uric acid. It was up to 11. I had my uric acid up to 11 and 12. And that's high on the chart. You're only supposed to have about six. And it was down to around seven or eight, if I remember right. And then he's asked me, what are you doing? I said, oh, Doc, you know, I'm just desperate. You're looking at a desperate man. I'm taking 10 milligrams. I'm hoping my body will accept it and it won't reject it because I, I, I took 10 and it went down further. And I, I, I upped it to 20 and eventually I upped it to 40. And I'm the, the, the perfect picture of health you see today. I mean, all of that acid went away. It went down to 3.8, 3.5, which is way below 6. Which normal. And I'm, I'm free from the joint pain and free from those attacks. And my mind is clear and everything began to get better. Everything's coming up roses. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was like I'd been delivered. I felt like Hezekiah. What? Go gaze. You don't think he got excited when, that, when he had, they put that lump of figs on that old boil and he could feel that thing working and pretty soon he was, he was getting up. He says, I think I'm going to get up. I think I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go shower. Oh, you don't know what it's like until you've been down like that. And I hope you never know. And pretty soon, I'm able to walk without pain. I'm able to move without pain. I'm able to have the... And, and, and now, let me, let me ask you a question. Was it the Euloric or God? Was it the figs or God? I think God uses both. I'm a chemical being, chemical man. I'm a chemical man. I'm a chemical being. And my body is a massively complex array of chemistry. And God uses chemistry. And he uses uh, medicine as he did the figs. You say, was there anything really in the figs? I don't know. But I guarantee you couldn't convince Hezekiah there wasn't something about it. You know why? God told Isaiah, and Isaiah told them, go get the figs, put the figs on there. God didn't need the figs. We know God can go like that and cure you, but a lot of times he uses medicine, and through the medicine, he helps you, as he did here. God, God works behind the scenes and put the lump on there. Paul, when he told Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.23, Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine and often infirmities. Most alcoholics will tell me, I got a bad stomach. But it's the medicinal use of wine in that case, or was a little for thy stomach's sake. A chemical, he told him, go ahead and take this wine for your stomach's sake. There's a balm in Gilead. Gilead, it says in Jeremiah 8.22, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Baal means medicine. I won't go into detail on this, but in Genesis chapter 30, verse 14, 15 or so, Leah found some things called mandrakes. 
Now, mandrakes, I'm going to use a big word here, maybe you won't understand it, is an aphrodisiac. All I know is Leah was convinced that they'd work. Rachel comes to her and says, I'll negotiate for those mandrakes. And she did, it took them, and it worked. My wife and I are over in Israel. And we have this Arab guide. He's extremely smart. He taught 14 years in the university. The guy's got a photographic memory. He knows every plant, every tree, every piece of wood, every rock, every mineral. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. He was like a walking encyclopedia, this guy. And his name was Anton, I think, right? Anton. He comes to a place, and he would tell us this is a certain kind of plant. He'd say, right there. That's a mandrake. Now, we're 28 people. All usually, all evangelists, pastors, full-time missionaries are in this group of 28 people. And that's a mandrake. Of course, you know the old boys smile a little bit. That's a mandrake. And my, my wife says, wow. I always wondered about that. She said, I thought that was a male duck. Well, you couldn't have told a better joke. They just went wild laughing. Of course, I'm sitting there looking at Kathy going, I'm your husband. I'm supposed to have taught you better than this. I failed. Thank you, brother. I thought, that, I thought a mandrake was a mayo duck. Man, oh, Anton, he couldn't quit laughing. He just couldn't quit laughing. It was a chemical, considered an aphrodisiac. The oil and wine in the parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. The certain Samaritan a journey came as he, were, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, sent him on his own beast, took him to the inn, took care of him, and paid for him. Chemical, oil and wine was medicine. Medicine, oil and wine. He put it in his wound. It helped him. There's not a lot of medicinal remedies in the Bible, but they are there. I believe God used a medicinal, a medicine, figs in this case, to heal Hezekiah and allowed it to work. I believe that God allowed the euloric that I'm taking to heal me. And I'm a living testimony that I have been healed in that area. I give God the credit. But I take the eulory. Are you with me? I give God the credit, but I take the eulory. And he delivered me through that. When I get a bad migraine. I had migraines for so many years, I thought I was going to have to resign the church. And I talked about it with my wife and said, I don't believe I can go on anymore and do them a service. And again, God brought up. Just in the nick of time, just like in Isaiah, was almost out of the place. He told him to go back. God brought up this thing uh, called Almotriptan, which is called a brand name Exert. And I said, well, man, I'll try it. Lynn, Lynn gave me one of the samples. I took it. And, I, and my headache, which would often ruin a whole day or two, in less than an hour, the headache was absolutely gone with no side effects. I'm talking migraine now. You don't get rid of a migraine like that. You can't take enough aspirin to get rid of it. You can't take enough Advil to get rid of it. You can't take enough Aleve to get rid of it. 
When you get the migraine, it's going to hang on you and make you miserable till it decides to go. Sometimes three days, four days. I've had them six days. And some people get them more than that. And I'm going to tell you, I took that little exert. It was just a 12.5 milligram. It's like a nothing. It's like taking nothing. It's just a little, it costs $24, however, I will say that. But it, it, I would have taken it if it was $240. If it had been $2,400, I'd have written a check for $2,400 and said, give me that. Because you don't want to live with some of the stuff you get. And I took that little thing and, poof, had it gone. Now, what do I do? Say, I give all the credit to medicine? No. God allows things to help you through medicine. And God allowed that exert to deliver me from migraines. Now I almost don't ever have one. I have maybe one a month or less. And then if I do, I can take that in an hour, I'm back to normal, and I go on my way. Wow. God's given mercy and grace through medicine. I appreciate a Christian doctor here. I try to find Christian doctors that love Jesus and want to do right. They have a good balance, by the way. The whole thing. I'm going to just uh, let me finish with this. Revelation chapter 22. If you want to take your Bible there, it's not a bad place to go. Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree... We're for the what? Healing of the nations. This is a millennium, I believe. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, let me say this. What is that beside medicine? What is that beside chemistry? The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. And there should be no more curse. The throne of God and the Lamb being in service to serve him, see his face, and et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be a mixture of mortal and immortal. The the immortal people are going to still need some help and still need some medicine and still need some some things to help them. The immortal people will not, but the mortals will. The word healing of the nations there is where we get our word therapeutic. It's the Greek word where we get our word therapeutic. It simply means a cure or a medical uh, healing uh, in the case of the fig was just some sort of a chemical to help, and God uses it. So the question tonight, was it the lump or God? I hope you realize that it was both. I hope you don't get to the place where you say, uh, I, I'm not going to take an aspirin, I'm not going to take an Aleve, I'm not going to take an Advil, because I don't believe in medicine, because you can do that if you want. But I can tell you this, God can humble you to the place you'll eat dirt if it'll help you. I guarantee you, don't say it. Only healthy people say that. Healthy people come to me and say, I don't blame medicine. I said, I said like Yoda said, you will. You will. For you backslidden people that watch the movie. <laughs> you will. That's right, brother. That's right. Oh, yeah. I love you 20-somethings because you've almost had nothing go wrong. I'm for you. And I'm not putting no maloche on you. I don't want anything to go wrong. I want everything to go right. I want you to live like 
Like this guy back here, uh, Bob Rose. He, excuse me, Bob Morris. Never been to the hospital. Bob, Bob Rose, too. Bob Rose, Bob Morris. If your name's Bob, maybe, you, maybe your health's good. I don't know. Maybe there's something in the name, amen? Bob, they haven't been to the hospital, haven't been sick, don't hardly get colds, don't hardly. I'm for it. But give the credit to who credit's due. God. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you'd help us to understand what uh, happens in life here and the things that go on. We pray, Father, your spirit would guide and direct us in these decision-making. Help us understand what happened in Hezekiah's case. Also help us to understand the power of prayer when things look absolutely hopeless. When they look hopeless, hapless, and helpless. And everything you've even been told by God, you're going to die, it's over. You still go, we still go to thee because thou art a God of mercy. Thou art a God of compassion. You listen to your children as they cry out. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to believe in that. And as Hezekiah lived another 15 years, not always to his good, but he was given another 15 years. We pray, Father, that we, as we live, and we're given more time, that we would not use that time in a harmful way, but in a good way to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. All the praise belongs to him who died on Calvary. Jesus gave his life a ransom that we could be free. Oh, sinner.